for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Marta Pair. How's it going today, Marta? Hello. I'm all good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to talking talking with you a little bit more. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. Um, I think we figured about a year, year and a half or so, uh, like I was first introduced to you. I think we our first podcast was right at the beginning of the pandemic because we had you on one of our little uh, virtual music festival deals that we did. And then uh, uh, we had you on the podcast a couple of times after that. So um, but obviously some things have changed. You're currently you just launched the uh, debut single for your solo project and uh, really excited to talk about that. But um, since it's been a while since people have uh, t- seen you on our uh, channel, on our page, uh, give them a kind of a brief introduction on who you are and uh, what you're about. Right. So, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I was last here with my previous band, Runaway, Runaway Strangers, but I've now started my solo project and uh, I'm Marta Pear. I'm 22 years old. I'm from Portugal originally, but I've lived in London for the past five years. I moved here for uni and I've had all sorts of musical projects since then. I thought it was time to kick off this solo journey and release some music. Yeah. And I know when we first started chatting or when we first had you on the podcast, what have you, uh, the solo project was always kind of there, something that you always did. And then obviously as the pandemic went on and things kind of expanded as far as lockdowns and what have you, I remember you kind of started talking more and more about doing your solo project. What was kind of the turning point of, okay, I need to hundred percent focus on this and stop worrying about everything else. I think I just, I, I had so many other projects during my uni time. I was playing for all these different really cool songwriters and musicians and all sorts of bands, which was an incredible experience. But it just felt like my own music was getting left behind a little bit because it's just not possible to spare yourself that thin mm. in every direction. So I just felt it was time to just focus a little bit and do the things that I've really been waiting to do, the songs that I've been living in my computer for, that had been living in my computer for months at that point. And I just wanted to release them. I wanted to share them, but... Obviously, getting music off the ground takes effort and it takes time. It takes a lot of time. And I needed to have the physical time to dedicate to it. So it's just a decision I had to make. For sure, for sure. And uh, so today you released the uh, lyric video for your debut single. Um, how, how long have you been working on this song? How long have you been? Uh, take a deep breath, sorry. I've, sitting here for like, oh, I should probably introduce a song. Um, how long have you been working on Take a Deep Breath? Take a Deep Breath actually probably came about about two years ago now. So it's not a very recent song at all. Mm-hmm. I did it for um, a uni project at first. 
not for a uni project, but I, I, I finished with, I finished the song with that intent at first. Um, and then it just kind of stayed on my mind as kind of one of the songs that I'm most proud of. And I just thought it was a shame to let it die with the uni project. I wanted to get it out and I had a demo that was decent, but it wasn't like, an, uh, it wasn't the representation that the song deserved in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I decided it was time to, to get it produced properly. And so about a year after I started, I started writing it, I decided to get a friend, my friend friend who plays drums, uh, who was in Runaway Strangers as well, to play drums on it. We recorded it in Rogue Studios in Wembley here in London, recorded the drums and I recorded the rest. So the bass, guitars, keyboards, vocals, mostly at my uni studio at UWL. And it was a lot of solo work in that sense, but it was a good learning process for sure. Uh, Because I hadn't engineered for myself before in a Mm -hmm. proper studio, just at home. Uh, But my friend Jules, who mixed the the song, he taught me how to kind of engineer for myself. And so I can go into the studio by myself and just record as as much as I want and without. Because I I get quite self-conscious in the studio (laughs) if I have other people around. So it was a nice process, even though a bit solitary at times, but I don't mind it really. I thought it was really fun. And yeah, so I worked on it for a few months. It took a bit longer because I was doing the four songs for DCP I've got at once. And so I wasn't just focusing on one song, getting it done, moving on. Mm-hmm. I was kind of jumping from song to song as I found the time. And um, yeah, then we started mixing it around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Jules Gulon uh, did the work on it, the mixing work on it. And yeah, that was the process for it. Cool. Uh, when did you end up moving back to London? Because I know at the beginning of the pandemic there, you were back home in Portugal for a minute. And then... Yeah, yeah I was there for six months mm-hmm. altogether, which was much longer than I intended. <laughs> I, I was going for two weeks at first. Mm-hmm. I had the ticket. I had things planned for... March, late March, when I was coming back, I went in early March and I was, I had stuff planned in London in late March, but then obviously lockdown happened and travel restrictions and mm. this unsafe feeling in general that just didn't, it, it didn't make sense to travel at that time and be in my tiny London flat by myself and yeah. I could be home with my family and feel a bit safer. So I was there for six months and then I moved back, I moved back here in September, October, mm. uh, 2020. And I've been here ever since. Awesome. Awesome. And cause I remember the last time we had you on the podcast, it was with runaway strangers and every member of the band was in a different time zone, let alone a different country. Yes. And <laughs> it was like, okay. Like it, it was dark because you, so you're out in Portugal. It was dark by you, but I think there somebody was in Mexico or Brazil or something. And it Friend. was like, bright bright morning middle of the day whatever it was and i'm like okay this is crazy cool weird all at the same time yeah we were trying to find a time that worked for everyone with the time zones and yeah yeah. crazy but um so the uh new sing so the lyric video dropped today did the when did the uh actual single drop was that friday or it's thursday is it on the 24th okay Cool. And why did you why did you choose this to be the uh, debut single? 
um, because everyone releases music on Friday. <laughs> and no, no, no. Uh, why did you choose uh, "Take a Deep Breath" to be the oh, debut? Okay. Yeah, I thought you meant why did I uh, choose Thursday no, instead of Friday? No, 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 no. It's release days are, are kind of a, not irrelevant anymore, but Eddie, but you know, there's a million different reasons why. But um, for "Take a Deep Breath," why did you choose that as the uh, debut single? I chose that one as a debut single because. Honestly, it's probably the most commercial song on the four track EP. Mm. The next one coming is a bit weirder. And uh, <laughs> I definitely love it very much, but I just wanted to ease into it, you know, mm. with something a bit more audience friendly. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely a strong song anyway, in my opinion. And I think it was a good place to start. It's got it's got powerful, uh, a powerful sound. It's got a groovy uh, vibe to it mm. and funky sounds that are quite catchy and... Yeah, I just think it's a catchy song, but with some depth to it anyway. And I'm, I'm proud of the lyrics. I'm proud of the whole arrangement and just thought it was a good place to start. Nice. You know, it, it's, that, that's definitely one way to go. You know, a lot of people release or pick songs for various reasons, but the most common one I've heard is like just based on the uh, mass appeal of it. Like, you know, which one's going to have the most appeal to the widest audience, which is kind of a cool, cool theory, uh, cool thought in theory. Yep. That's what I'm looking for. Um, and so you released the lyric video today. Um, what went into the process of making the lyric video? It's it, cause it kind of works as a music video as sorts as well. Was that the original idea or let's talk about the lyric video for a minute. Yeah, sure. The, there's there's a lot of thought into it, actually. So the, the artwork, I don't know if you've seen the artwork, but it's essentially a still drawing version of the lyric video. Or the other way around, the lyric video is an animation of the artwork. Mm. So in the artwork, it's me, everything is blue, I have paint on my face, there is lights around me and lamps, because the song mentions lights, sleeping with the lights on, it's all based on that lyric, uh, which represents the anxiety that the song is trying to express. Mm-hmm. Um, of having this thought in the back of your head that just doesn't go away as much as you try to to make it go away and to ignore it and just keep going like everything's fine. And so, yeah, the, that's where the lyric comes from, sleeping with the lights on. And we wanted to make, I say we because I'm, I have a couple other people that have kind of helped the creative process in this, including my my friend Molly, who's done some of the design for my stuff and just helped the creative process. Uh, but we were talking about having videos that connect throughout the EP, so that not it's not like every single song stands by itself. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a running thread throughout all of it. And it actually started with us planning the full-on music videos that are going to come later on once the EP is all out. It's going to be like a little series nice. before them. And um, the lyric videos are just simpler versions of those, a bit more still versions of those so that the lyrics can be still the main point. But I didn't want to have a lyric video that was just me staring into the camera and singing. I wanted to have some sort of action in it anyway. And I thought this was a cool way to do it. Nice, nice. And so uh, who helped you uh, put the lyric video together? Was that 100% you or who who helped you with the whole process? So it was directed by uh, George Papanikolos. He's a friend of mine who's studying film. And um, he volunteered to help me with the music video, which is, I was very 
very happy about. He's gonna direct the next couple ones as well, the next few ones. Nice. And but as I said before, Molly helped me come up with the with the concept and work on the creative part of it. And she also added the lyrics to it. So mm. we call it post-production in the credits. That's essentially yeah. what it means. Uh, she just added the lyrics to it and did a really good job. So it's a collective effort with the three of us. Mm. I think the main creative idea probably came from me, but it was still a collective effort to make it all come to life. Gotcha, gotcha. And so that just debuted today. So anybody that's listening or wants to go check it out, it's on a... Marta's uh, YouTube channel, uh, and she's been posting it on her social media, which I felt really bad about because I realized I wasn't following you on Instagram. But that's also <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't using Instagram as much as I do now. And so like there's musicians that I've been following forever for the last two years. And I realized, oh, I'm not following on Instagram. I'm just a terrible person. I need to go. So yeah, it's no um, hard feelings, no hard feelings. I wasn't following you either because for the same reason, I didn't yeah. think you were on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I wasn't using Instagram and then something changed during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, maybe I should be using Instagram. And then actually now I'm doing the same thing with Twitter. Like I'm finding out real quick that, oh, hey, Twitter, you need to be using that one as well. And I'm finding all these musicians that, I don't follow on Twitter that are using it or Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, it is actually one that I don't use at the moment. Mm -hmm. I have, I have an account, but I just don't use, don't really it. use it. I used to be very into Twitter when I was like 15, maybe then mm -hmm. just grew out of it. And then I tried to get back into it, but I, I haven't found a way to yet. I'm focusing yeah. on Instagram, a bit of Facebook and TikTok is the main new one I'm trying to get into. Yeah. I don't have the personality for TikTok as much as I want to try to. I don't. I just don't have it. So I, yeah. I'm going to let TikTok be what it is and drive right past me because. So, uh, no, that's awesome. So, you'd mentioned uh, this earlier that this uh, Take a Deep Breath is the debut single for an upcoming EP. Um, do you have the next, are you just going to release everything as singles and then everything collectively, or are you just doing how many singles are you planning to release off the EP? I'm doing two more singles. Okay. So there's one coming in May and then one bit after that. And then the four track EP. So it'll just be one new song in the EP. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, what do you know? What songs coming in May already? Have you announced anything or haven't announced anything yet, but I know which one it is. It's ready, ready to go. And just going to start working on the video as well soon. So cool. getting all the stuff for the release ready, but I'll, I'll announce it very soon. Nice. Um, when you started the process of working towards this EP, when you finally made that decision of, okay, I'm ready. I want to do this EP. Uh, did you specifically write, to the EP or did you just have a bunch of songs and say, okay, these four songs kind of work? I had, I had the songs that I did for that uni project I mentioned mm -hmm. that I wrote take a deep breath for, or that I used take a deep breath for. So I had those three and I got in some feedback from tutors that said they did go together, even though they were quite different. Um, but they kind of belonged in the same sound world. And so I knew those three worked together, but I didn't want to do just a three song EP. I thought that was mm -hmm. a bit, short 
And so then I wrote a song. I don't know if I had the intention of including it. I, I just thought, let's write something and see if it fits. And yeah, it ended up fitting. So I, I did write one song, which is the one that comes out last. Mm-hmm. So that's the most recent song on the EP, really. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, how long ago did you write the most recent song? About a year ago. Okay. So mm-hmm. the, this is kind of a pandemic project, but not fully? Is it? Uh, yeah, I guess we were still... Yeah, yeah. Well, because for the most recent song, obviously it was in the middle of the pandemic if you started writing it a year ago. But the other three songs were... Was the it? other three songs were another pre-pandemic project. Okay, sure. so it's kind of a pandemic project. So mm-hmm. now that's really, that's, you know, that's what the pandemic does, I guess. Makes things interesting. Yeah. Um, so outside of the EP, what else have you uh, been working on? Have you been tr- doing anything else or just school and the solo project? Well, um, I was playing with... Uh, a metal band for a bit. Um, Jason Payne and the Black Leather Riders. They're really good, really good music. Amazing guys, amazing people in that band. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I just didn't have the time after a while. Uh, but that was really fun. And uh, it was a great experience. We played some shows. Uh, and that was really fun. So that was one of the things I was doing. But now I'm just doing my own project and I've got a band together, so we were doing a few gigs uh, just with my own music, and it's been going really well, actually. So they're really lovely people, really supportive, really dedicated to everything that we're doing. So that's a really nice feeling. Apart from that, uh, yeah, just uni, trying to stay on top of that, not getting too swept away in the music, and losing music, which is hard. (laughs) How much uh, school do you have left? Just a couple semesters left, so I'll be done in September. Gotcha. So you're um, going for your master's. What do yeah. you What do you study in music, or what What are you studying? It's composition for films, film okay. and TV. So soundtracks, adverts, stuff like that. That's awesome. Is that something that you alt- or want to try and get into, or is? Yeah, definitely. I've I've scored a few short films for friends of mine and stuff like that. And yeah, something I'm really into. I used to study classical before mm-hmm. before coming to London and it's it's a whole different world, but it's it's very part of me. It's it's a big part of me still, even though I was a bit burned out after I finished all the grades and stuff like that. I needed this change into the more pop rock world. Definitely needed a break, but now it's good to come back to it in a even though it's not playing piano anymore, but it's composing and it's really pushing me at the same time. So it's familiar, but still really outside of my comfort zone at the same time, which is really cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, and so kind of leaning forward at the EP, um, obviously you'd mentioned that you're um, playing some shows here and there. How often are you playing right now? Is it like once a month, once every couple months? How, how often are you playing shows? Yeah, it's about once a month. About once a month, we're trying not to do it like every week or every other week because then it feels a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I enjoy having spaced out gigs like this once a month. Gives us enough time to promote it, enough time to do stuff in the middle, in between the, the gigs. And yeah, it's working out. It's fun. It's nice. very good to be live on, be back on stage after the pandemic. Nice. Uh, what was the uh, first show you played at, as your solo project? You, uh, how long ago did you play your first show as a as your solo project? Yeah, we played at the end of January. It was in uh, it was at the Troubadour, which is mm. in Earl's Court in London. Really nice, legendary venue. Nice. Well, people play there like Jimi Hendrix, Ed Sheeran, people like that. So it's it's quite cool. And, oh wow! Yeah. That, that's that sounds really cool i've obviously i've never been to london so i i don't know but hopefully soon hopefully soon yeah, that's all i can say um so no that's that's awesome that you're actually getting out and playing shows uh especially now this year because i think this year is going to be the good time to start getting out and doing shows and all that fun stuff so the fact that you're getting out and playing about once a month you now what is a what does a live show look like for your solo project it's it's full on. It's very full on, to be honest. It's um, we've got six people in the band, mm. and me and another guy called Francisco. He plays keyboard and guitar, mm -hmm. and so do I. So we kind of switch around, and um, so we bring all the stuff. You know, <laughs> two keyboards, three guitars on stage, one bass, one drummer, a backing vocalist, and Francisco does backing vocals too. Yes. So a lot going on. Hey. As long as the stage is big enough to hold it, y'all. Yeah, good. yeah. Because I've seen a lot of stages in the smaller venues that could barely hold a drum kit, let alone a band. So yeah, can be tricky. Can be tricky. Uh, we're also doing a few acoustics right. for the next couple of months, so that's a little less chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, different setting for sure. But yeah, I think it's it's fun to play acoustics as well. Come up with different versions of the songs. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a different vibe. Nice. And so the solo project is 100% your main focus, at least musically right now. Uh, and then school, of course. But when when you need to kind of step away from everything and decompress, what, what, do, you, what do you do in London? What are some of your hobbies? It's, it's tricky because music is a hobby and a job or <laughs> occupation. So it's... It can be tricky to actually have a hobby because I'm, I'm just obsessed with music. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy going on walks and uh, going out with friends, seeing friends, watching a lot of Friends, the, the series. Yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of it. Um, just comedy in general is a big um, release for me. I love watching stand-up as well. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Nice. I've been, uh, been listening listening and watching this podcast because they do they release it on youtube because it's like a video series as well it's called uh kill tony and it, it's uh basically they bring up uh aspiring comedians and so it's like they'll randomly draw names out of a bucket and they'll come up and do like 60 seconds of stand-up comedy and it's a very funny very entertaining show because you get some of the best comedians you've never heard of and then you get some of the worst people <laughs> that are just kind of coming up there because, oh, I'm drunk and I want to do something funny. So, well, that sounds fun though. I want to watch it. Yeah, it's on. It's on YouTube. It's a. It's pretty basic. So, 
Um, and sp- I like I, like the podcast version is cool, but like if you watch the video and uh, like just see the visual element of it, it's it's pretty wild. So, <sighs> but um, no, who's uh? So you like watching stand up comedy and watching comedies in general? What have you other than Friends? What have you been watching recently, or who have you? What stand up comedy have you been digging? Uh, there's Jack Whitehall, I think mm-hmm. is his name. It's the worst because I watch it on TikTok and I don't always get the names of the comedian. Yeah. But a lot of just Netflix specials and mm-hmm. uh, and other sitcoms like How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. that I've watched like three times as well. Really into it. And what else? Uh, yeah, it's like I tell you, I, I don't remember the names. Yeah, <laughs> I, got people. I got you. I got you. That's fair. Um, cool, cool. And so, um, so the debut single dropped Thursday. The lyric video's out today. Social media just kind of pushing that one more time for everyone that just jumped in. I saw a couple new people jump in. Um, so it's up on your inst- It's on your YouTube. The lyric video, and then of course the uh, um, singles up on Spotify and all that stuff. Uh, how long? what's one thing that you took away from runaway strangers and all the other projects that you've been a part of that you've learned and applied to your solo project? Ooh, um, a lot, a lot, because working with people is always a learning experience in every way. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I took a lot from that. I think, how do I say this without getting too deep, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, I think I had to learn how to communicate better and uh, have better or more manage expectations of people and realize that it's not all about my music. People have lives too. So I have to manage my expectations sometimes around that and be a bit more understanding sometimes. But at the same time, I had to learn how to choose who to work with. And this is not specific to any of these projects. Mm -hmm. I mostly work with really great people, but just in life in general, you're going to naturally get along more in a work sense with certain people than others and um, Mm. it's good to have that knowledge now a little bit more and know how to pick the right people for your team because even though it's a solo project it's not solo at all at the same time because no one can do something completely alone so for example my band is the biggest example i've chosen people that are really dedicated they really want to be doing this they really just get to work and mm-hmm. want to encourage me and be there for me. And I think this shows, for example, when we have gigs, all my friends were telling me after the last gig, like, oh, it really shows that you're a team and you support each other. And mm-hmm. they're always looking at you to see like what to do next. It's, it's it's just a nice environment. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned throughout all these experiences in the past few years mm-hmm. of working with different people is choosing people who can work in a team really well. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of shows you that even if you are like best friends with somebody, you shouldn't necessarily work together because that's like two different relationships. Like you can be friends with somebody, but you may not be the best coworkers, if that makes any kind of sense. Like For that's, sure, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I prefer not to work with friends because I'm scared <laughs> yeah. that we might clash in that sense. Yeah. Because uh, you try to keep it separate. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you can be friends, you can be work friends, you can be work colleagues and friends, but 
there needs to be a clear line of this is work, this is front. Never shall the two mix or intermingle or whatever, you know, so. For sure, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really glad that you were able to come on the podcast today and chat a little bit. It, like we had mentioned before, it's been a while. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of the musicians that we were t- working with early on during the pandemic, whether they the projects fell apart or they, just, you know, they were like really excited about a new project and then it's just taking time to get a new thing going, you know, whatever it is, it feels like a lot of the musicians we worked with early on just kind of fell off our radar, which sounds like a really mean thing to say, but it's very honest, you know? And uh, when you messaged me, was it about two weeks ago? I think two, three weeks ago, I had been wondering like what, cause I hadn't seen anything pop up of, runaway strangers the last thing i remember seeing was box right was that the last single and then i hadn't seen anything i was like okay well oh that that, that's unfortunate and then i realized that i wasn't following your personal page i was just following the runaway strangers page and i'm like okay that makes a lot that makes a lot more sense now so exactly yeah and then you reached out to me and i was like cool. Yes. Let's do this. So I'm really glad we were able to get you back on. Um, before we wrap this up though, I do want to play one quick fun game with you. I have a random question generator. Okay. And so I'll, let me reset it because it's continuing the game from last time. The panic, the fear. So if you are ready, yeah, we're gonna pl- we're gonna go through a few of these questions. We won't do a whole bunch, but we'll go through a few. Great. Which fictional character would you like to go on a walk with? Phoebe from Friends. Okay. <laughs> other, uh, other than your actual name, what are some of your nicknames your friends call you? I don't really have nicknames. Let me think. People just call me like the short, which is not actually shorter version of Marta in Portuguese, which is Martinha. It's like a nickname, like a sweet name for Marta. What is the most random thing a stranger has ever told you? Random thing a stranger has ever told me. Oh, one time someone told me that they had a car accident with their best friend and the best friend died. Sorry, that's really dark, but yeah. Wow. That is really random, like very, very random. Very heavy. I didn't know how to react. Would you rather be the first person to discover Atlantis or be the first person contacted by aliens? (laughs) Be the first person contacted by aliens. Okay. Uh, if you had to add a hundred thousand of something to your life, what would it be? Hundred thousand of something to my life. Uh, people who listen to my music. <laughs> That's the honest answer. Sweet. What is the furthest lengths you've ever went to to make a practical joke? Make a practical or, or joke. Pull off a practical joke. You have to think for that. Have I ever done a practical joke? <laughs> I definitely have, probably with my siblings or something. One time, 
I'm sorry that this keeps going back to death, but one time I pretended that I was dead to my brothers. <laughs> I was like seven. And I just tried to really make them believe that this this mountain of leaves in the garden was me. That's it. Very dark. How how, how do you pull that off? Like I, I we're we're gonna pause the game for a second because I want to know how you pull try and pull this one off. I don't know. I was seven and evil to my little siblings. He was, Wait, was are seven. you are you sitting there and telling them, nope, that's my body right there. I'm not real or <laughs> I was hiding behind another wall. So I was pretending that the voice was coming from the leaves that were in this kind of water, dirty water. Yeah. And they're just looking like, oh. and then I hear my brother going inside the house. Dad, Martha died. <laughs> horrible. Wow. <laughs> yes. Not proud. Um, but I was seven. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. If you were a Lord of the Rings character, who would you be? Haven't watched it. Don't know. Okay, fair enough. I took a shot in the dark with that one. I was like, that could go very right or very wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, last question. If you were to do a voiceover for any cartoon character, who would it be? Do you know Noddy? No. Okay. Well, I mean, that could be your answer. I just need a little bit more context to who it is. It's this, I don't know if concept as a cartoon is like animated, mm -hmm. but I was just obsessed with it. When it came on TV, me and my brothers would just shout the theme song like as loud as we can. I, I don't know how to sing it in English, but it's like, I don't know how to sing it So it, it's a, a cartoon in Portugal? I think it's around the world, really. I, I know someone from France who knew it, so I'm guessing... It's not just in Portugal, but I was obsessed. It's like right. my childhood obsession. While, while you're telling me this, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> because now I am concerned that I don't know something. I don't know. That I... Uh, ah, Naughty okay. in Toyland. What's that? Naughty in Toyland. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, this is riveting content. So while well, I'm sitting here trying to, to uh, figure this out, but no, that's cool. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I was really, yeah. All right. I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so if uh, people want to check out the uh, um, new single, the lyric video for the new single or any of your new releases coming out, where's the uh, best place for them to do that? To check out my releases, um, go on Spotify or go on my Instagram. It's Marta P underscore music. And if you just go in my bio, the link tree there has everything on my, um, all the different platforms you can listen to it on and the lyric video and my upcoming gigs. So that's probably the best place. Cool, cool. And what's your uh, next gig that you're playing? Next gig is on the 22nd of April. It's here in London, in Islington, at a venue called The Hope and Anchor. I'll be supporting Goodnight Vincent on their tour, uh, just for the one date, but it's still pretty cool. They're a cool band. And it'll be the uh, full band for you playing? This will be the acoustic gig. Okay, cool, cool. And how do you prepare differently for the acoustic gig, just before we kind of wrap this up? Uh, we should have less people on stage, and it's going to be me 
and the two guitarists, and I might play piano on a couple of them. I haven't decided. Gotcha. And me and Francisco both, both sing. So less chaos. Less chaos, yes, for sure. Nice, nice, awesome. And then uh, as we uh, leave uh, everybody with a little bit of uh, positive or helpful information, what advice do you have for the young musicians out there? Uh, just stay with it, practice. If that's what you love doing, then keep doing it. And the more you do it, hopefully the more you'll fall in love with it. At least that's my experience. Awesome, awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for uh, joining us. It's been a blast. I'm glad we were finally able to get you back on here. Like we'd mentioned, it's been probably about a year and a half, a good year and a half. Maybe, yeah, no, about a year and a half. Um, yeah. I was going to say maybe a little bit less, but no, it was about a year and a half. But uh, uh, I'm glad you were able to come back on. I can't wait to talk to you more. And, uh, you know, now that you've got a solid run of music, maybe we'll get you back on when the EP drops later. Do you have a target date in mind for that? or It'll be in the summer. In the, sometime for, the full eight, for the full EP? For the full EP, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, make sure – or I'll make sure to – stay in the loop on that one and we'll try and get you back on for the full EP and uh, yeah. But thank once again, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later.